Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. If you clicked over here from YouTube knowing that this was a bonus video, or audio rather, thank you. If you're a regular listener through Podbean or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or the rest, this you will get both the bonus Vegano segment that I have right here, followed by the regular scheduled program for the day all in one episode so don't worry about it you don't need to you know sit and listen to an ad again or whatever but what i have for you today is vegano writing a letter to law enforcement basically begging them to stop being complicit in all the wicked things we see them doing in our time hope you find this helpful and then afterwards you'll hear about some vatican financial scandal letter of carlo maria vegano archbishop and apostolic nuncio to firefighters and the police each of you, dear brothers of the police forces, took the oath at the beginning of their office, and each promotion it was renewed by you with the conviction of those who are aware of their role in defense of the law and the common good. The oath is but based on ancient values such as honor and respect for one's word, calling God as your witness, but in swearing fidelity to the Constitution, as in the past you swore fidelity to the king, you have not deprived yourselves of faculties. You remain thinking beings, endowed with an intellect and a will, able to discern good from evil, since this is which makes you human beings and not automatons. In these two years, like all citizens, you have witnessed a global coup, planned and carried out under the pretext of a pandemic, in which the most elementary principles of law, science, and professional ethics have been trampled on with impunity by people who, like you, had sworn, the rulers and the magistrates, to respect the natural and positive laws for the good of the country doctors to treat the sick and work to save their lives, reporters to divulge the truth. Faced with what we are seeing happening all over the world, we understand how many have betrayed the oath taken, how many have reneged on their commitments, how many have proved corrupt and subservient to power. Now many of you, who in the initial phase of the emergency were bewildered by the inconsistency and contradictory nature of the information, the decrees, the measures nominally aimed at containing the contagion, have understood that they were used as tools to suppress the legitimate protests of the citizens, as if you too did not have elderly parents hospitalized, children who cannot attend school, relatives deprived of work because of their free and legitimate decision not to undergo the inoculation of the experimental gene serum. They used you as automatons, thinking that you are willing to be blind and irrational in obedience to an increasingly authoritarian, repressive, and tyrannical power. Nobody asked you what you thought of the absurdity of certain decrees, nor if you were willing to trample the Constitution to carry out orders that have the sole purpose of destroying the social, moral, and economic fabric of the nation. No one has taken into account your sense of frustration in harassing your fellow citizens for the most absurd reasons, exposing you and the core you represent to the contempt of honest people. Guilty of not wanting to go undergo an experimental mass vaccination, that we are beginning to see the devastating results. And while you were busy finding the disabled elderly woman or the student without a mask, how many times 
while imposing respect for illegitimate and unconstitutional rules, have you felt reproach for this betrayal of your role and the oath you have taken? And how many times have you thought that the protests of the citizens were justified, just as the disappointment they feel in seeing you carry out orders worthy of a totalitarian regime is justified? How many times have you wanted to say to them, I am on your side, I think like you, I am shamed of what I have ordered? Many of you freely and in accordance with natural law and the laws in force have chosen not to be vaccinated. Your free choice has deprived you of work and wages. Others were marginalized and forced to eat meals on the steps of the police headquarters or outside the barracks. Many have succumbed under the psychological pressure of their superiors and colleagues to the infamous blackmail of those who have decided, against the Constitution and international conventions, to discriminate a part of the population. Was this what you expected when you shouted, I swear, in full uniform at the beginning of your career? Today, this coup, the evidence of which is proven by the premeditation of the criminal design all over the world, and by a single script under a single direction, seems to be wavering in many states. In Italy, where an unelected government betrays with an impunity the basis of civil life and of law in the silence of the magistrates, citizens are hostage to a self-referential authority enslaved to a supranational power and which acts against the people, unable to repress, resist oppression and defenseless by the police, even further oppressed and punished by them. This injustice cries out for vengeance in the sight of God and calls for a clear and determined stance. Silence, blind, ready, absolute obedience, compliance with the rules for quiet living, or for fear of retaliation, cannot constitute a justification for the continuation of a situation which is now unsustainable. Remember Nuremberg, and how much it was worth to the condemned to justify themselves with, I followed orders. I urge you all, dear brothers of the police, to remember that you are not automatons, as, you would have to be, as some would have you believe, that you are not soulless drones in the hands of reckless and traitors of the fatherland. You are people capable of heroic deeds. You are professionals who have dedicated their lives to the defense of honest people and to the suppression of crime. You are Christians who, in the service of the community, must conquer heaven and become saints. Think of your colleagues who, in times we thought were distant, were able to say no to the abuses and violence of the dictatorship, refusing to collaborate with the tyrannical power and persecuting and discriminating against their fellow citizens, even at the cost of their lives. Think of the heroic acts of your comrades against organized crime and what would be their judgment on your work today, on your connivance with absurd and illegitimate norms. Think of the discredit you, your behavior casts on your image and ask yourself if it is not wanted by those who, by calling the establishment of a European army, seek to destabilize national security and weaken the institutions responsible for it, because it is evident that in the perpetual revolution imposed from above, the destruction of authority begins precisely in making it hateful to the masses, in using it against citizens and not against criminals, in discrediting it in the eyes of the honest, calling for the establishment of a European army. It seeks to destabilize national security and to weaken the institutions responsible for it, because it is evident that in the perpetual revolution imposed from above, the destruction of authority begins precisely in making it hateful to the masses, in discrediting it in the eyes of the honest. In your ranks, overwhelmingly, there are honest people to whom we all look with respect and gratitude. Remember the oath taken, the word given, the honor of serving the country, and above all the judgment of God, who will ask you to account for what you have done as servants of the state, as representatives of the police, as Christians. Receive my fatherly blessing with the hope that you will know how to rediscover the pride of your profession and the peace that you can only have by doing good and working for justice. Signed, Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop, on the 29th of January, 2022. And now we go, we transition from Vigano to an update on Cardinal Becciu 
and how all the fallout from that is hurting the Vatican financially. The Vatican is losing money. Three years ago, the Catholic world became aware of the misuses of Peter's Pence funds and Ted McCarrick's ties to the Papal Foundation. You can call them ties. He helped found the thing. Both of those things are financial arms used by the Vatican to raise money for, on paper, the work of the Pope. Missionary works, works of mercy, and that sort of thing, regardless of who is sitting on the Sea of Peter. And if they were being used for those purposes, none of us would probably have problems donating to those causes. But we've learned in the past few years that the funds are used for other purposes, including investing in real estate, funding Hollywood films, and other rather dubious investments. Now the word is that the Vatican is losing money year over year in these funds, and we are all left wondering, will they get the message? The faithful are making our voices heard with our wallets by not donating to them. And that might be the only language the modernists in Rome respect. So let's dive into the story. Though as an aside, I do have a bonus audio-only thing for you. It's a letter addressed from Vigano to some law enforcement types. And it may be worth your time in general, since it can be addressed to those enforcing the dictates of Caesar on all things related to the present situation. So, needless to say, it's way too spicy for this place. I'll have it available on Spotify, Podbean, or any other audio platform that you find Return to Tradition on. Check the pinned comment for a direct link to Spotify. Again, check the pinned comment or look for a direct link at returntotradition.org in today's show notes. That all having been said... Francis the Wise One has some rather incredible words of wisdom for us today. As Americans enter tax season, where many of us wrestle with the fact that we will have to cut Uncle Sam a check for services not rendered through our tax bill, myself included, we have to ask ourselves, is paying this thing even an act of justice? Some will say yes, others no, and even Francis has chimed in on this in a perfectly timed statement. From Mesa and Latino, we get this. Headline, Francesco, in the name of the Father and of the tax authorities. As you can see, Paca Papa Francis, who never saw a government partnership that he didn't approve of, is suggesting a religious duty to pay Caesar his silver regardless of how much he asks for. And, you know, there's a certain element of truth into that, render under, unto Caesar, after all. But let's see what he has to say for himself. From the article, quote, Pope Francis has been able to surprise us on more than one occasion, and we are now used to blessings of all kinds. This time it was the turn of taxes, fees and taxes. Yesterday in the Vatican, a delegation from the Revenue Agency, led by the Director General Ernesto Maria Ruffini, revealed itself. You will say they will have gone to recover the arrears of the ICI. But no, the Fiamme Gialle were there for an audience with the pontiff, who appeased them on the goodness of their work. The taxman is seen as putting people's hands in their pockets, Bergoglio said. In reality, taxation is a sign of legality and justice. It must favor the redistribution of wealth protecting the dignity of the poor and the least, who always risk being crushed by the powerful. The tax, when it is right, is a function of the common good. Now everything is fine, but Bergoglio, before summoning Ruffini and friends, should perhaps have taken a look at the Italian tax system, because there is very little of right in paying the state a donation, not that of St. Peter's, that travels around 50% of what is produced. All of this, however, without getting almost anything back. Services, health, safety, public transport, nothing in Italy is up to the annual income tax. Think of the Roman buses catching fire, or the waiting lists in care facilities, or even the fact that at the beginning of the present situation, Italy found itself having far fewer available spaces, far fewer per million inhabitants, than those that Germany had provided for its citizens. And if Bergoglio knew that in 2021 we spent a large share of 8.8 .8 billion euros of taxpayer funding, to keep bold young people on the couch with citizenship income, 
Well, perhaps more than redistribution of wealth would have spoken of aggravated theft, end quote. And that is a translation from Italian, so, but I think you get the idea. That's reassuring. The church has never endorsed these state-based redistribution programs, though it has also never really opposed government programs to aid the poor. The social teaching of the church has never fit neatly into one political program or another. Now, that's a discussion for another time, but surely it's obvious here that Francis is embracing the errors condemned by all the preconciliar popes when they worked against various forms of collectivism and the new rising tide of powerful secular government demanding to take possession of private property in the name of justice. But Francis has long been playing kissy-face with the proponents of liberation theology, so none of this is really surprising in any way. The only surprising thing about this is the timing of the statement, which comes at a time when it is being widely reported that the laity are just not donating to the key Vatican fundraising programs anymore. From ReligionNews.com Vatican braces for 2022 deficit as donations drop in wake of financial scandal. The Vatican has struggled to attract donations due to financial scandals that have led to a loss of credibility among faithful. What are the scandals they speak of here? You remember Cardinal Betchew and all the related things to that. 2020 and 2021 were full of these stories, and I hinted at them at the start of this episode. Just remember, this is all set against the backdrop of the Synod of Synodality and the effort by the heretics in Rome to remake the Catholic Church in their own neo-Protestant image. From the article, quote, Donations to the Holy See are expected to continue to drop following financial scandals currently at the heart of a high-profile Vatican trial. The institution is tackling an expected deficit of $37 million, according to its 2022 budget projection published Friday, January 28th. The Vatican expects to have an income of $857.1 million and expenditures of $894 million in 2022. Efforts to cut costs in the department and offices that make up the Roman Curia have led to a reduction of its expenditures by about $4.5 million. The present never-ending situation in the world negatively impacted the institution's finances, which largely depend on foreign tourists visiting the Vatican museums. But financial scandals surrounding the purchase of a costly property in London using a fund destined for charity, known as Peter's Pence, has undermined the Vatican's credibility and cost it millions of dollars. End quote. Ah yes, the Vatican is blaming the present situation and not a withering faith in the lives of many Western Catholics and a loss of trust from those who hold the faith due to endless Vatican malfeasance. It's rather typical. We should expect nothing less from this lot of modernists. After all, they went full bore in with Caesar's demands regarding the present situation, and now they're reaping the whirlwind. They really are trying to put much of this on the present situation that will never end. I mean, take a look at this. Quote, the London property purchase is at the center of the ongoing Vatican trial of 10 individuals, including Cardinal Angelo Becciu, who are charged with, among other things, abuse of power, corruption, and money laundering. The Vatican will publish a report on Peter's Pence in the coming months, but donations are expected to have decreased by 15% in 2021, said Juan Antonio Guerrero Alves, head of the Vatican Secretariat for the Economy, in an interview with Vatican Media published alongside the 2022 budget. Donations to Peter's Pence in 2021 decreased to barely over $41 million, wow, following a downward trend that can be traced to before the onslaught of the present situation, which has negatively impacted donations due to reduced mass attendance. Guerrero acknowledged that the real issue is restoring the reputation of the church among the faithful by increasing transparency and enacting modern accounting regulations. We are all aware that we have made major mistakes in financial management, which have undermined the credibility of the Holy See, Guerrero said. We seek to learn from them, and we believe we have remedied them so that they do not happen again. End quote. 
Something not mentioned here that should be mentioned. Do you remember Cardinal Pell and how he was exonerated last year? He had some interesting questions for Betchew a few months ago. In December of 2021, Cardinal Pell asked rhetorically Cardinal Betchew during Betchew's trial this rather pointed question. Headline from the Catholic News Agency. Cardinal Pell to Betchew. What was that $2 million payment actually for? Here, Pell was referring to a mysterious transfer of $2 million to Australia that no one can account for, and it really illustrates why no one wants to donate to Rome. From the story, quote, We have one basic unanswered question, Pell told CNA in a phone interview. We do know, this has been confirmed by Cardinal Angelo Becciu, that $2,300,000 Australian was sent from the Vatican Secretary of State to Australia. Monsignor Alberto Perlasca, a former senior official at the Vatican's Secretariat of State, has said that the funds were sent to the Australian Conference of Bishops for Pell's expenses during his trial and imprisonment. The Australian Conference of Bishops, however, disputes this claim and says it did not receive the money. The Conference of Bishops has said no such money ever arrived, and certainly we didn't receive it, said Pell. So the unanswered question is, if the money wasn't sent for something to do with my case, why was it sent? Pell said that if a good reason can be given for why the funds were sent to Australia, then we can get on with our life and investigate other directions. But it's a major unanswered question. And as I said, Cardinal Betchew confirms that the money was sent, and it believes it was none of my business as to why it was sent. The Cardinal was unable to explain why Betchew would characterize money purportedly sent for his expenses as none of his business. Pell said it would be very nice to resolve the matter of the funds being transferred to Australia and is seeking any answer at all. End quote. Between that, shady real estate deals and questionable film projects, it's little wonder that no one wants to donate to Peter's Pence and related fundraising projects. There simply is no trust there anymore. Are you still donating to Rome? If so, why? Why not just donate directly to a seminarian or religious order fund or to your parish's food box program or anything else church-related that's just much more transparent? Let me know in the comments, please, because I am genuinely curious about this. But this all brings me back to the original article. The Vatican is reporting that they are being bogged down by new management standards imposed by Francis in the name of transparency, all of which have been designed to make whatever funds are used for more transparent in how they're used. And if that's honestly their purpose of the things that Francis did on this, that's, that's fine. Except it has resulted in new bureaucratic structures being put into place, which, you guessed it, both slow down the process of daily work and, of course, cost money. But in addition to a bigger Roman curia to solve this credibility problem, the Vatican has another solution. You can donate more money to them. You can't just make this up, after all. Speaking on behalf of Rome, according to Father Juan Guerrero, S.J., yes, he's a Jesuit, the Vatican's chief economic manager, quote, We also need to look for ways to attract more donations. The first requirement is transparency and clear accountability, and I think we have taken away many steps in this direct direction, he said. Guerrero said local churches throughout the world will also have to pitch in to help the Roman Curia, which supports and manages charitable activities and papal ambassadors. The 2022 expected budget shows that most of the Vatican's resources are used to sustain struggling churches, about 21%, promoting the Vatican's mission and message, 16%, preserving its global presence, 16%, supporting evangelization efforts, 16%, and enacting charitable works, 9%. The Vatican must enlist the help of the faithful, who want to support the Pope in his mission of unity and charity, which is, after all, what the Roman Curia does, Guerrero said, adding that the publication of these reports might appease Catholic donors who can now see how their money is spent. End quote. 
I'm sure that we're all going to answer the call to fund an operation that is currently waging war against the deposit of the faith. I know I can't wait to finance the people trying to destroy the faith and force me to engage in worship that will probably result in my kids not being in the church anymore. But let me know what you think of all this. Are they really this clueless or is there something else going on? It looks to me like they haven't learned a single lesson from the past few years in the church and that things will only get worse until they face reality. That we want the same faith as our forebears. And we want a Vatican run by honest people. We want nothing to do with their false universal church of man. Give us the faith, and then maybe we'll talk about how to do these charitable works. That's my thought on all of this, though. What do you think? Let me know in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And remember to check out the bonus content linked in the pinned comment below. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.